Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Good afternoon. Are we on? Or is this on? We's on, bros. To review. Uh, we learned yesterday that the Duluth Public School District is going to remove To Kill a Mockingbird, To Kill a Mockingbird, and uh, Huckleberry Finn from the uh, list of required reading. Just a minute, I have to cough. All right. Yes, we did learn that. They were going to remove those uh, important books. Controversy. And what we were subjected to was typical failed academy gobbledygook. Michael Carey, the district's director of curriculum and instruction, said, District leaders felt there are many other options in literature that can teach the same lessons as the two novels without containing a racial slur. All right. And he was joined in that belief by the uh, president of the Duluth NAACP chapter, Stephen Witherspoon, who said there are a lot more authors out there with better literature that can do the same thing that does not degrade our people. Well, again, he's in the race industry. He didn't have a gig unless he spews that BS. Correct. So... My assignment to the both of you was to make sure we got Carrie on the air today and Witherspoon on the air. And normally I give you grief because you shirk your duties, but I happen to know that you both went the extra mile on this to try to bring aboard either Michael Carey or Stephen Witherspoon. Rookie, did you have Carrie? I did. I'm sorry. Reavers, you had Carrie. <coughs> yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. He's the district's director of curriculum and instruction. And one of the two people who claims there are other books that can do the uh, job of Mockingbird and Huck Finn just as well. And what we wanted to know is, what are they? I'm a voracious reader. I haven't read them, and I would love the titles. So you were both uh, you were both tasked with bringing these people on board. Reavers, you you were tasked with bringing Carrie on board. What have you discovered? Yesterday during GL, I called the superintendent's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the number is obviously public record. You can find it. Went online, found the number, called the office. I got in touch with his uh, secretary. You got in touch with uh, Carrie's people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, told her who I was, what I was just looking for some simple information. She was very pleasant. She put me through his, to his voicemail. Uh, I left him a message stating who I was, gave him the number to call back. We would take him at any time uh, during the show. Did not hear back from him yesterday at the end of sports talk or during the ride. I forget. I was uh, direct, not direct message, but I was notified on Twitter by Mr. Carey's college roommate that he knew him. All right. Uh, I said, great. If you could get him on the air, we'd, we'd love to talk to him at one o'clock tomorrow. Meaning today. Meaning today. Yes. And he uh, said, I'll get back to you. And then he direct messaged Mr. Carey and uh, have not heard from him at all. I, I don't his name I, I don't know if he wants his name out there but I, I he did say that he was his roommate and I said well if you can help us out we'd love to have him and then I called again this morning 
uh, to no avail. So Michael Carey, uh, and you people in Duluth should pay particular attention. You're paying for this nonsense. Michael Carey, the district's director of curriculum and instruction, who's on board with removing these two marvelous best novels of the 19th and 20th century. Uh, he's in charge of uh, the district's cur- curriculum. Uh, he is going to remain unaccountable. He will not join us, apparently. Rookie, you had Stephen Witherspoon, who is the head of the Duluth AA, uh, NAACP, and he spoke all of his uh, nonsense about uh, there are other authors out there with better literature that can do the same, and we wanted to know from Mr. Witherspoon, uh, please help us. What what are the names of those books? We want. I want right. to read them. Right. I want to read them, and I would if you come up with the two better books. Please inform me because I've missed out on them. And so tell us uh, how successful you were reaching Mr. Witherspoon. Well, first and foremost, full disclosure. Normally, when you put us on a task, we do poo poo it, and right. oh, we didn't do. I yeah, but you knew I was I knew double how serious. Secret, serious. Right. I knew you, and I, my own curiosity uh, made me want to find out this answer. Unfortunately, uh, I, we reached out to uh, Mr. Witherspoon a couple of times. The the telephone number that rolls into his voicemail box, the messages were not returned. You didn't stop there, I hope. No, I also went to the vice president of the Duluth NAACP and found that he works for uh, the Duluth. He is the uh, in human relations or human human rights. Works for the city of Duluth. Yes, he's uh-huh. the human rights guy, the top guy for the human rights in the city of Duluth. Right. I called him at his city desk. Do we have his name? Uh, I'm sorry, Carl Crawford. Carl Crawford. Carl Crawford left him a nice message saying, "This is what we're looking for. Uh, we're looking for the names of the books, or we're looking for another way to get in touch with Mr. Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Could you at least let him know we're trying to get a hold of him if right. you're not comfortable?" Did with you him hear number. back from Mr. Crawford? I did not. And mm-hmm. I, I gave him my email address, which I'm just checking right now, and nothing and, is there. And, and to my... back up Rookie's point about the accountability part, Joe, and I know you you are very well aware of this, but for the people that might not be. The 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 voicemail system that they have set up at the NAACP chapter in Duluth, mm-hmm. it's a a Google uh, voicemail. So in other words, not technologically up to date. Not it's not not that's not the case. Oh. But, but you know how you would get a cell phone voicemail. You know you go you're gonna get a notification. This is an email form. I see. So he's gonna ha- that's how hard unaccountable to, hard to ignore. exactly hard to ignore. That, that's how unaccountable these people are. Sorry, I didn't mean to add to your yeah. aggravation. Shouldn't put us no, on task it, like this. It, 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 I have a belief. Uh, I'm going to let you inside now. Okay. Oh Here we go. And I've told you guys this off the air. Uh, I think it's bad radio when you have to say to listeners, we asked so-and-so to come on the air, but we couldn't reach them. Because I think a normal response for a listener would be to say, well, that's your damn business to reach them. Make sure you do reach them. Right. We're interested, and we want to hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. That's why I was particularly adamant that you two not fail me. That And you didn't. Right. You did the best you could, and I know that for a fact because I saw you doing it. But in this case, it, it it's the, the unwillingness of these two members of the public class to be held accountable, to face the public. That trumps this being bad radio. We made every good faith effort we could come up with to try to reach these two and and hold them hold their feet to the fire and say would you please tell the people of minnesota what two better books there are than to kill a mockingbird 
and uh, The Adventures of Huck Finn. To Kill a Mockingbird is nothing if not a demand that there be respect for all people in the world. Right. Huck Finn is nothing if not A, an acknowledgement of youth, and B, the innocence and sweetness of youth as it relates to race relations. And these two, I'm going to try to be calmer today. Yeah. And all Good we luck. Yeah. and all <laughs> we get, <laughs> all we get from these Duluth school public officials and the NAAC is pablum, nonsense from these people, utter nonsense. Sure. And now to the point where uh, they don't have the cojones to come on the air and tell us. What better books do you have in mind? Not a complicated question. A pretty easy question. If you already have that in mind, how come they're always available for the paper or, no, for, no, the no, initial, no. or for the initial story? No, no, I've told you before. I've told you, well, because in the initial story, they haven't faced backlash yet. And I've told you before, though, as much grief as we give news gatherers, you ought to tip your hat to them every time one of them gets you some information from the public class. It's a real problem in this country. These people are hiding behind their walls of privacy, which have been awarded them by legislative action. It's absolutely preposterous. These people should be ashamed of themselves. And they're not. They're not capable of it, apparently. Well, in my in my research, as I was looking for uh, ways to to circumvent or get his number, I went to the NAACP Duluth website, yeah. and I looked at uh, some type of proposal. I printed out. It was fourteen pages. It talked about uh, the inequality in the Duluth. There's eleven black people in Duluth. What's well, what's the problem? And they were saying that the the white the white kids are uh-huh. uh, getting. And what can we do? Uh-huh. And I just thought uh, their responses were so cliche, and they talk about getting uh, parents involved. Well, if it's the all parents Matt, aren't... Matt. It's all cliche. Let's let's stay on topic. Okay. You guys did the best you could. So and... we can take a couple of days off, is what you're saying? No, here now. no, no. <clears throat> uh, before the break, I want to read you a letter from Stu Sorensen, who writes, "Dear Mayor, greetings from the Duluth Public Schools. Uh, yesterday." I heard you discussing the curriculum change in Duluth. As a two-time past Ray of Hope awardee, I felt compelled to offer up some further information that does not seem to be making the media reports. Please know that the English departments at both Duluth Public High Schools, Denfeld and East, do not support this change in any way, nor were we ever invited into the conversation regarding their removal. We first found out about it via a hastily distributed letter from our respective administrators at the end of the day last Friday. Also, for our director of curriculum to say publicly that the decision to protect the dignity of our students seemed like a reasonable and easy one to make that didn't require teacher input implies that teachers, many of us, who have been teaching these novels for more than 20 years, are incapable of doing this and have been destroying our students' dignity all this time. I personally have never felt more devalued as a teaching professional or as a person of integrity in general, and many of my colleagues feel the same. I just wanted to let you know the sentiments of those in the trenches up here in the frozen north in hopes that this information gets out there as well. Thank you for your time, sir. Hopefully this adds to your knowledge of the situation. Yours truly, Stu Sorensen, GL English teacher. And I hope I haven't gotten this guy in hot water by saying his name, but he did not advise me not to. No, but that's part of it. We need to push back and say, this is how I feel. 
Well, thank you. Thank you, Stu, as you represent English teachers who, as you say, have been teaching this their entire careers and know you have not been wounding the dignity of anyone. When we come back from the break, by the way, at 2 o'clock, yeah. right here in the TCL broadcast studios. Yeah, nice uh, call. I'm turning on the 55-inch beast because Pebble Beach is coming up. And let me tell you something. Yeah. We better get everything out of the way by then, okay? Okay, yeah, I, I, might got check you. I got you. I might check I got out. you. I got you. When we come back... Yep. Uh, we have uh, more uh, that might uh, be uh, uh, helpful in understanding the folly of uh, not only uh, Carrie, the curriculum director, but Witherspoon, the NAACP president. Something you might want to hear. Gotcha. Six four six eight two five five. Eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Before I play you something, I want to take Corey's call. Corey, go ahead. Hey, Joe. Say, just let you know um, that Dr. Carey that they had on the news. He was on the news, one of the stations up here, and uh, he stated that they have not picked out the books that are going to replace the two books yet. Yeah, because he doesn't know two better books. He's lying to you. Well, he said they're going to be in place for the next school year, so that way. Um, nobody will know about it until the school year starts and the decision will be made and it'll be final. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. What would, be the, what would be the benefit to embargo that information? Because they have no books. There are no books that are better than these two. They're obfuscating. They're delaying. <clears throat> it would not have occurred to me uh, to turn to former President Obama for Solomon-like wisdom in this situation, but uh, emailer Tim has helped me out. Six years ago, President Obama did something presidents rarely do. He introduced a movie on TV. That movie was Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird. He concluded his one-minute introduction by saying this, If you haven't already, I hope you get a chance to read the book. It's an American classic. It's one of my family's favorites. Michael Carey of the Duluth School District has an entirely different view. He believes that the book requires students to feel humiliated or marginalized by the use of racial slurs. Here are two questions that reporters should ask Mr. Carey. Why do you feel you are right and President Obama was wrong about To Kill a Mockingbird? And two, do you really believe that President Obama or his daughters felt humiliated or marginalized, your words, by reading this book? You can view President Obama's remarks about To Kill a Mockingbird on YouTube. And before we play you the YouTube, uh, Tim, uh, we would love to have asked Kerry those questions, but he doesn't have the, uh, he doesn't have the uh, resolve to come on the air. Fifty years ago, a film came along that instantly captivated the nation. Based on the timeless novel by Harper Lee, To Kill a Mockingbird brought to life an unforgettable tale of courage and conviction of doing what was right, no matter what the cost. And it gave us one of the great heroes of American cinema, Atticus Finch, played so memorably by the late Gregory Peck. Half a century later, the power of this extraordinary film endures. It still speaks to us. It still tells us something about who we are as a people and the common values that we all share. So I hope you enjoy the film. And if you haven't already, I hope you get a chance to read the book. It's an American classic. And it's one of my family's favorites. Now, to kill a mockingbird. Fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. How 
The soft bigotry of low expectations is expressed by people in positions of authority in Duluth. The soft bigotry of low expectations. It's a shame. Shall we move on? <laughs> I don't know. I think we should always have this on the uh, the, uh, this, the the back burner in case he does. I feel I I, I told you before. It saddens me. Uh, I, I I need I. I Black parents in this country have to rise up, and they have to quit telling these false virtuous to quit doing them favors. Their children are getting harmed. Their children are being held back. Their children are being demeaned. Their children, yes, you know how those children are being marginalized in Duluth? By not having that as required reading. That marginalizes them, not being exposed to the book. And... Can we drop this now? I think you're in pretty deep. Well, I, I, no, I, I can't, I can't, I just can't believe the the rigid, rigid self deception that we keep seeing from these people. Maybe, okay, but in maybe the destroyed academy. Maybe this is one of those times and those incidents where the line doesn't keep moving. This is where we're able to push back. Well, is every GLer well, how, white, Matt, black, Matt, or purple? How, that how are you going to do it if these people won't talk to us? How can I confront them and have a a, a a dialogue if they don't have the balls to call? Okay, podcast listeners, people listening in Duluth are going to call these people and say, "Hang on a minute," and then word's going to spread, and then maybe a couple of you know uh, uh, African American parents are going to say, "Joe, I agree with you," and now I'm going to quit going yes with whatever they want me to do, and I'm going to fight back. And that's when things will start to change. Your children's education is at stake, parents of color. You are the ones being marginalized. The soft bigotry of low expectations. You are being told your children are not capable of understanding To Kill a Mockingbird (laughs) and Huck Finn. That is such an insult. You are being marginalized by the left. That wants, I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop. Yeah, well, we do need to take a break. I know. Is is uh, Johnny Heights gone? Johnny's not with us. I don't know if Reavers is ready. I'm not sure. Uh, We'll roll the dice and find out. That's fine. Commencing the Rod's Logic segment number three. Girl, try to remember when we didn't have no shoes. Here's Chris Reavers in the John Height Newsroom. Thank you, Joe. And this report is sponsored by La Quinta Inns and Suites. How do you win on the road? Stay at La Quinta Inns and Suites. Enjoy stylish lobbies and exciting room renovations. Book now at LQ.com. LeBron James hit the game-winning jumper as time expired in overtime as the Cavaliers beat the Wolves last night, 140-138. to 138. James finished with 37 points, 15 assists, and 10 rebounds. Jimmy Butler led the way for the Wolves with 35 points. Carl Anthony Towns chipped in 30 in the losing effort. Uh, the 40 made three-pointers last night between the two teams is an NBA record for a single game. A lot of defense. Huh? Uh, the Wolves' 19 made three-pointers is also a franchise record. The Wolves stay on the road. They play Chicago tomorrow night at 8.30. You know why LeBron made that shot? Why? Because he has this weird leaning backwards shot. The fadeaway jumper is what fade we like to call jumper. it. Fadeaway jumper. Okay, mm-hmm. I said leaning backwards. Butler went straight up in the air because right. he's a normal human being. Mm-hmm. And LeBron 
He just keeps fading back and then throws it over Butler. Bing, bang, boom. That was a very fun game to watch. Last I watched night. the final minutes, which in my estimation is all you need. And uh, I thought it was wonderful. And uh, that's a slight ray of hope. I mean, as far what? as they didn't give up, they're not in, oh, they were playing, playing here. It was playground basketball. Uh, Joe, you mentioned uh, a lot of defense being played last night. I, I was being facetious. I know you were. Uh, the Cavaliers' uh, front office feels about the same way. The tra- trade deadline is today at 2 o'clock. Yeah. They have already traded Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry, Jay Crowder, Dwayne Wade, Iman Shumpert, and I think one other player have already all been traded since last night's ball game. That's half their team. That's half their team. And I don't get Cleveland uh, jersey that say the land. Land I could get. You know, Cleveland, just land. But what was with the land? I think that's their nickname. That's a forced made-up nickname. Yeah. I've never heard it as the land. Either way. You the, know what? The alternate jerseys in the NBA, are, are, it's such a gimmicky marketing ploy. It's yeah. its almost embarrassing. The land. That's stupid. The land. Yeah, no. No, it's not the land. Land? I can go with land. The land where rivers catch with, on I fire. I can go with cleave. <laughs> right. But I don't What's need up, cleave? the cleave or the land. Right. Wild begin a five-game homestand tonight as they host the Arizona Coyotes. Wild are still in the last wild card spot as they face the league's worst team. Uh, they did get some bad news yesterday that defenseman Jonas Brodin will be out until March with a fractured hand. Puck drop from the X tonight is at 7 p.m. <clears throat> the Winter Olympics haven't even officially started yet, boys, but we have our first controversy. No. Dog meat? Nope. It's over who'll carry the U.S. flag in the opening ceremony. We're fighting amongst ourselves? Mm-hmm. Why? Who cares? Well, let's hear this story. Aaron Hamlin is a world-renowned loser, two-time world champion and four-time Olympian. On the other side is Shawnee Davis, a decorated speed skater and five-time Olympics qualifier. The flag bearer is typically chosen in a vote of eight U.S. winter sport federations, which represent various uh, elements of the team. This year, Hamlin and Davis tied at four to four. Mm-hmm. Enter the coin toss. Flip a coin, mm-hmm. sure. Hamlin was chosen according to the U.S. Olympic Committee, and Davis was not happy about it, venting in a tweet that the coin toss was dishonorably done. How 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 would that be? How, how is such a thing possible? He says, "I'm an American, and when I won the 1,000 meter in 2010, I became the first American." To two-peat in the event, he tweeted. That has nothing to do with flipping a coin. Team USA dishonorably tossed a coin to decide its 2018 flag bearer. No problem. I can wait until 2022. Hashtag Black History Month 2018. Hashtag PyeongChang 2018. And, and we're speaking about an event that's already taken place. Yeah. 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 And then apparently on TV tonight you'll see the opening ceremony. Prime time. What, what is Shawnee Davis? Uh, Shawnee Davis is a uh, speed, uh, skater? speed skater. Speed skater. Okay. Is he, uh, and he's an African American. He is. Uh, he is. Well, mm-hmm. so he's playing a race car here. Yes, he is. Uh, he's born in Chicago. He's thirty-five. Northern mm-hmm. Michigan University. Yeah, all right. Um, you know, speaking of the your your relaying uh, president, uh, former President Obama's comments about the book, Joe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, when I was out there listening to that, could you imagine in that same scenario? Had Trump said that exact same thing, the firestorm that that would have led to. Yeah, you're right. I don't recall uh, Trump, do, uh, uh, Obama doing that. I, I don't recall that ever becoming a news item. You don't? No. What? When he introduced the movie, I don't remember. Yeah, we talked about I thought we talked about it on the it, show. We probably did, but it was what, eight years ago? It was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, it probably would have been presented as a ray of hope. Maybe. But, I mean, all I was thinking was the, those exact same words, which all were true, had Trump said that. 
today yeah. the firestorm that would have broken. Well, I'm out. sure you're right. Yeah. A Lakeville Middle School principal under investigation by police was arrested on suspicion of harassment and stalking jail records show. Chris Endicott was arrested by Apple Valley Police and booked into the Dakota County Jail and is scheduled to appear in court at noon today in connection with the allegations. Endicott has been on leave from Century Middle School in Lakeville since mid-January. Does that mean we're paying him? Yep. When police began looking into the unauthorized access of a cell phone and computer equipment belonging to a woman who works in a neighboring school district. The woman who works at Scott Highlands Middle School in Apple Valley reported that her phone and and iPad, which were connected to a server in the Rosemont Apple Valley Egan School District, had reverted repeatedly to factory presets that she had not reset them. She reported the problem to the school district's IT department, which determined that the resets had been performed remotely. School district IT staff learned that their computer system had been accessed for 18 months by somebody outside the district. Ooh. Search warrants executed by the Apple Valley Police Department revealed that the intrusions were coming from Endicott's Apple Valley home and from an IP address in the Lakeville Public School District. A large pipe carrying raw sewage burst outside of Maple Lake, causing the wastewater to run onto the ice on nearby Ramsey Lake. The pipe is monitored by the city of Annandale, located in Wright County. Public Works Director Joe Haller said the leak was discovered Tuesday afternoon after a coupler on the pipe failed. Crews shut down the pipe flow and used a septic pump to clean up part of the waste that had escaped. A spokesperson said early estimates show that up to 10,000 gallons of raw sewage leaked before the problem was was discovered. So not much, huh? Into what lake? Uh, Ramsey Lake. (laughs) Brown Lake. It's going to get a new name. Yeah, Brown Lake. I wonder, is that a recreational lake that people live on? I'm unfamiliar with that lake. Ramsey Lake? Yeah. Uh, I I think it's a recreational lake. I have lake. no idea. That's a shame. I, yeah, that's that in Wright County? Uh, Wright County, Rook. Uh, just out, it's on, monitored by the city of Annandale. So. Got it. An Alaskan Airlines flight to Seattle was forced to return to Anchorage after a passenger locked himself in the bathroom, took off all his clothes, and refused to follow crew instructions. The passenger on the flight told the Associated Press that she, another, excuse me, another passenger on the flight told the Associated Press she knew something was wrong because the flight attendants kept going back and forth in the aisles and had to put on rubber gloves. Mm. Alaskan Airline flights 146 from Anchorage to Seattle returned due to passenger not following flight instructions. The pilot read, while no emergency was declared, the decision was made to return. Uh, airport police and FBI met the plane when it landed shortly before 3 a.m. Authorities did not release the identity of the passenger. Uh, the police came on board and, and took him off. Uh, he was, um, <clears throat> yeah, he was naked. Mm-hmm. Oh. How safe is it to eat snow? I don't know. It depends where you are. I wouldn't eat any around that lake in Maple Plain. <laughs> right. 275-acre lake. That's is not a, much of a lake. No, it's not much. But nevertheless, it no body of water deserves that correction. Correct. A Romanian university has published the results of just such a study. The 2017 experiment showed it was safe to eat snow that was a half day old and safer to eat it in the colder months. But by two days old... What, as opposed to July? The snow is huh. not safe to eat, uh-huh. according to the professor. Scientists collected snow from a park and found and from various areas in central Romania, and they tried to grow bacteria in it. Okay. After yeah. one day, there were five per, five bacteria per millimeter in January, while in February, 
that number quadrupled. Really? Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me. Okay. We're going to be back. We're live in the TCL broadcast studios. Stalls forecast in Garage Logic brought to you by MetaFast Weight Control Centers. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 16 degrees. We're going to get a little snow to develop tonight. Not much, but similar to uh, just a couple of nights ago, we had just a dusting of snow and it did create some problems with the morning commute. So be aware of that. We're looking for something less than an inch to form overnight. Two above for the overnight low. That's another problem. As temperatures get that cold, a lot of chemicals don't work very well. So, um, Roads could become slick early tomorrow morning. Then cloudy skies uh, in the early part of the day, becoming sunny in the afternoon. 10 above for a cold high. 13 on Saturday, then it jumps into the 20s. Sunday, sunshine and 21. Low to mid-20s much of next week, but we could touch 30 on Wednesday. Could be a little light snow as well. Monday night into Tuesday, it doesn't look like a lot of snow. But again, something that could cause some problems with travel. So that's Monday night into Tuesday of next week. Tonight, a little light snow on the way, Joe. Right now we're at 16. All right, thank you. I don't want uh, this country to have a military parade. Uh, rubs me the wrong way. Initial initial feeling, gut reaction. Among the many distinctions that this country holds over other countries is that we don't have military parades. They have them in s-hole countries. Somebody should get to Trump and say, "Why do you want a military parade? This is what they do in s-hole countries." North Korea has nothing else to show anybody. We don't need to show anybody. We We know we can do it. Putin has more than nothing but little else to show anybody. This isn't the way we... I find it unnerving. There's no need for us to have a military parade. You know, Washington, D.C., which overwhelmingly voted against Trump, the District of Columbia, they're, they're hiding behind money and saying, well... We can't afford this. We'll have to repave all the streets if tanks roll down. Okay, uh, the money would be inconsequential. Why doesn't somebody uh, speak the truth, uh, which is we don't do this. It's To me, it's akin to uh, our military uh, is akin to an NFL player who scores a touchdown and then hands the ball to the referee. Uh, Emmett Smith and uh, who Very else? Few. You can't Barry, even name two. Uh, Barry uh, Sims. Barry Sims. What was, Barry, what was Detroit? Uh, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Act like you've been there before. Uh, yeah, our military is akin to an NFL player who scores a touchdown, hands the ball to the referee, and says, "What's my next assignment?" Right. And and uh, for for this country to hold a military parade to keep up with the National Football League analogy, which is admittedly pretty weak. Uh, it's the equivalent of, you know, the Vikings having to figure out how to play gray duck, gray duck in the end zone. Uh, we, we don't do this. They do this in S-hole countries. Right, we don't need to do this. This is, it's silly. We have the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. A, that's a very that's good point. Right there. That's a very good point. One day, boom, in and out. I, I guess nobody can get to him. I, I guess nobody can make him... This is the part, and yes, I take a lot of heat because I did vote for him. That's, I, I, I wanted him to be the real deal. I know he's not. Well, you, you were, I, you were fooled. I, but I also know that he's upsetting the apple cart, and not everything he's going to do is going to be great. 
I don't mind a lot of the way he's upset the apple cart. Well, I'm, that's that's part of my point. He he's making even Republicans go. Wait a second here. He's on a Champs Elysees Champs with Macron last July, and he thought, I gotta have one of these. You know, B as in B, S as in S. This is the tackiness. This is the 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 gold is in a, Trump Tower. You know what this is? This is Denny Hecker having an Elvis statue at his lake place. Gaudy. Gaudy. This is gaudy. It's gaudy. We it's, don't need this. We don't do this. It's thinking he needs to paint the bathtub gold oh, because it's rich. It's just, it's, it's. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum said he has repaid a Minnesota electric utility, $37,000 for tickets. Yeah, the company provided him and his wife for the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. The Republican governor on Wednesday, yesterday, said he reimbursed XL Energy, quote, to eliminate even the perception of any conflict. No, you didn't. What's his name? No, no you didn't, Burgum. You, you reimbursed him because you got caught. If you wanted to avoid any perception of conflict, you wouldn't have taken the tickets in the first place. Bergam and First Lady. North Dakota has a First Lady? Uh, First Lady Catherine Helgus Bergam watched the game from a suite uh, provided by XL Energy, which serves more than 90,000 customers in Grand Forks, Fargo, and Minot. He said before going that he planned to use the opportunity to talk to XL officials about their service and infrastructure in North Dakota. The trip drew criticism even within his own party. We can't be doing that, GOP Senate Majority Leader Rich Wardner said. I don't think the governor was influenced in any way, but we as state officials just need to use good judgment. Burgum, in a statement, said the tickets have not influenced and will not influence my decision-making as governor. However, to eliminate even the perception of any conflict, I have reimbursed XL Energy for the full cost of the tickets. No, you didn't. Be a man. Be a man. You you reimbursed him because you got caught. Right, right. Uh, earlier Wednesday, his office said that an ethics policy was being written for the governor and his staff, but it was in progress before the governor was criticized over the Super Bowl, according to Burgum spokesman Mike Nowatsky. There wasn't one in the governor's office when we moved in, Nowatsky said of an ethics policy. So, so there, again, stop the BS. <clears throat> it's right. North Dakota. You're not next to the country's tallest buildings. Be honest and straightforward. <laughs> Quit fooling people with your BS. Uh, Governor Dayton, of course, he paid his own six grand uh, to the Super Bowl. Uh, Democratic House Minority Leader Corey Mock of Grand Forks said if anyone could make the case for getting a free ticket for the game, it would have been Minnesota's governor. Burgum, a wealthy former software executive, could, could have afforded his own, Mock said. That way, no one would question why you got to go to the biggest football game of the season at no cost. During uh, his campaign for governor, Burgum often talked about reinventing government, shaking up the good old boy party establishment, and reining in runaway spending as the state's oil boom was fading. Okay, Burgum, uh, you went to the game, and you're paying him back now to avoid conflict. No, no, you're paying him back because somebody got wind of the fact that you got free tickets. (laughs) So why don't you just admit it? And, you know, you got caught. But here's what I want to know. What the hell tickets did they have? The two tickets were thirty-seven grand. I didn't. Uh, that the, the price tag. Did was they have my a shocker. suite all to themselves? 
Just the two of them in a suite? You know, if I bought a suite, I'd I'd get you and Patrick and some other guys to kind of divvy it up there a little bit so I wouldn't be on the hook for it myself. I, I can't come up with a sporting event uh, that in my entire lifetime I would ever pay thirty-seven grand for. Uh, for for two people, maybe one so, of the boats you restored. I'm sure you paid at least that for a couple of them. Well, that's neither here nor there. That's <laughs> that's kidding. not analogous to two tickets to the Super Bowl. True, but uh, come on, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, don't don't just. It's never ending. The material that presents itself across the mayor's desk uh, in Garage Logic is is uh, never. Never ending. I'm about to turn on the uh, 55-inch TCL flat-screen TV. You know why? Why? We're at Pebble Beach. Even makes his voice sound sad. It couldn't look any prettier at Pebble Beach. Yeah. Clear blue skies, the ocean is calm. Oh my god, people live like that. Ha! Right. <laughs> Good one, Joe. <laughs> You should put that on your list. Pebble Beach, never yep. been. Never been out west. I'm going to, San Diego's on my list. La Jolla. It's La Jolla. Sure, that too. Les Nesman. Yep. Well, we're going to be coming back. We There is much to uh, Laguna discuss. Laguna Beach. 1500 ESPN is LA. KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. 16, bro. 16.